And I uh, didn't, I don't know, what I was up with my mom late the night before. And um, yeah, I mean, just going from feeling like a little down and feeling okay. hungover okay. to feeling just- A pep in your step? Pep in my step. Okay. I mean, I guess as just- Baseline? I just felt amazing. Oh, you felt amazing. Felt amazing. It was just like- Usually, I feel like my my unfortunately my my go to my natural state of being every day is a little tired and my back always hurts, my muscles are sore, and you know what I mean. Are you recovering enough? And no, Mm-mm. I go too hard. Go too hard in the paint, for sure, well, all the time. You need to recover. I'm learning that. Yeah, that's I'm what I've that, had to sure. learn too. Yeah, I like think back on my previous workout routine. Can and you what put I this did? closer to your face? Yeah. Good, like that. Mm-hmm. Sound better? Mm-hmm. But I was like thinking about what I used to do in comparison to what I do now. And mm-hmm. it's like volume wise, amount of working out, it's like cut in half. Yeah. But I am in way better shape than before when I was like doing five cardio classes a week. Yeah. Like never recovering. Four orange theory classes. Like that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I must say, I don't really necessarily push it so hard fitness wise as much anymore i've learned that the hard way over the past three years like doing being constantly injured constantly inflamed right inflammation um, and having to go to the doctor all the time just from doing too much yoga i'd go yoga every day and go to the gym and do cardio and i never actually lost any weight when i was ever training no you won't you won't i just was swollen all the time yeah and it's counterproductive yeah it's like you're supposed to be doing this for your wellness when in fact you're just yeah no, not at all. And like more. this past, and then this past year, something kind of hit me, and I'm like, I just got more tired. I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, yeah. Your, fo- your body finally catches up with you, and it was like, we're going to stop now. Yeah. I like, always think about this idea of just because you should, mm-hmm. just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Like, oh, can dude. you do two workouts a day? Sure. Yes. Is it sustainable for a long period of time? Absolutely not. But this is something that you asked me when I was on your podcast. I don't think I ever answered it because I'm not going to lie. I dr- I was. I don't really know what was going on. I was all over the place. That podcast was incredible. It was one of my favorites ever. <laughs> it was insane. It was so good. No, it, was, it went exactly as it should. It should have been all over the place. I don't even know. I just remember I like, went in there super high strong from work because I do everything too much, right? And right. I hadn't eaten. And I like drank. I didn't even offer you a snack, did I? Whatever. I should have come prepared. And I drank like three glasses of Whispering Angel in like 17 minutes. And then we just went from there. And it was like, whatever. It was. But the great thing about it is you made me feel so, so comfortable that I didn't feel judged. I was just like, this is happening. It Let's was go. Magical. It was so it was much fun. One of my favorite ones. It really was. Um, I never laughed so hard. But you asked me about that there, what to me. Yes. And it, to me, it's 100% a mental game. So even though I know that I used to think, was even though I know I'm doing more damage to my body, it, I'm just like, this is part of my routine. If I don't, especially because this job, it's like if I don't do this exercise today, I won't perform my best at work, and then I won't be the best employee, the best daughter, or whatever. Yeah. And I would damage my body knowingly and then be like, well, I'll get a massage this weekend and then I'll do this to recover and then I'll do this and blah, blah, It blah. sounds like you had exercise tied to your worth as a human. Yes. And I think that's where we get into trouble. It was like, that's why, it, for me, I can speak for myself, when I would go hard, these high-intensity workouts, six, seven days a week, one, I had a lot of ego and pride tied, in, tied up into that. For like, sure. oh, I can do this. I'm a fit person. I'm a person yeah. that goes to work out this much. But then it was like if I missed a day, 
science, biology, nutri- everything would would say, no, your body needs it, yeah. to, you need to recover. And then you come back. Period. Did you ever come back feeling stronger? Uh, for sure. I wouldn't and, even allow myself to like get, like taking one day off mm-hmm. in a series of months on months after months is not enough. But I would think like, that I would think I'm not enough. You know, I would be guilty about, feel guilty about missing those workouts. Same. And like, that is not a good place to be. If, no. that, if there's like guilt coming in when you're missing a workout, like that is a check engine light for like what is going on. Is that why you started the podcast? Why did you start with the fit? So I started the podcast because I always wanted a podcast. First of all, and when did you start it? The first episode came out July 6, 2018. Okay, so I feel like I've been following you pretty much since then. Yeah. By the way, Chrissy Grody, thank you so much for being on the Person of Interest podcast. Thank you. With me, Natalie Jones. <laughs> I've been a girl fan of yours, and I think now that we're friends for a while, and I'm glad that it all came together. You and I have, um, I feel like we have a lot in common. We have a lot in and common. And I really, like, Similar you say things stories. and understand, and I'm like, you make me feel like it's all okay. But I just love you. I think you're like a dope-ass chick, we're for girlies. real. And girlies. yeah, and even though, and I also don't like chocolate that much. I heard you say that one of your things like ice cream with chocolate in it. No go for me either. Yeah. No okay. Go. I do want to clear it up that I like chocolate. Mm. I'm just not like. I'm the same. Sopping wet for chocolate all the time. Same. Well, as a kid, I was much more of a popsicle girl over like ice cream with chocolate in it. Mm. Always popsicle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd mentioned I used to like be diehard chocolate and then since like in my old age I've just evolved a little bit that was a whole conversation about like adulting our sugar yeah like we don't need sure though you don't need to make your s'mores with a crumbly graham cracker and a a milk chocolate Hershey bar yeah like put some dark chocolate sea salt Mm -hmm. a grateful graham on there yes I love elevating. I love when you get to a moment in life you're like nah that's gotta be fancy as fuck my um (laughs) my, my therapist once said to me she was like Girl, why don't you just admit how bougie you are? And this woman is freaking fantastic. She's amazing. The best out of like the 87 therapists I've been to. She's the best one. She's like, and I was like, yeah, but I'm just like poor. She's like, it doesn't matter. You got these standards, girl. If you don't live up to them, then like you're not being true to yourself. Right. And, and I was like. a fancy feeling with not a lot of money. I know. It's just about how you're setting your environment. I know. Let's go back. So why did you start with The, the Fit in July 2018? So I started the podcast. I'd always wanted to have a podcast yeah. since- I probably started listening to Joe Rogan around like 2014, 2015. Wow. And that was the first time I was introduced to this idea of like you could record a conversation with people and then other people would find value <laughs> and inspiration from story sharing. Because yeah. that's how I was on the receiving end of hearing Joe talk to all these incredible people. I, I feel like my world, my mind was just expanded, exploded with all these new thoughts and ideas I'd never been exposed to before. And so I would be thinking about it constantly, like, what would my podcast look like? What, who would I have on? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it wasn't, I didn't have in my mind that it was going to be fitness related or health and wellness related at all. Yeah. Always, I've been into fitness and, and more so, like, not just the physical fitness piece, which has always been a big part, just of like, how do I get to be the optimal version of myself? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look like? What do I have Ooh, to do? I feel you on that. Yeah. I want to talk more about that. Yeah. And so had these ideas of starting a podcast really were like it, it was pie in the sky dreams. I'm a, a, a love a dream. I'm a dreamer. Yeah. When it comes to 
an execution and like getting into the details, nitty gritty of like, how will you actually make this possible? Yeah. Not my strongest tool that I got. So I was at lunch with a coworker one day Mm -hmm. and she was telling me about how these two women had started a podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what that podcast was, but I had this feeling like in the pit of my stomach, what if someone starts my podcast before I do? And so in that moment, I texted a, a good friend of mine, Andy Zafira, shout out Andy. We had just started working out together. She was a cycle bar instructor, class pass, just came to Cincinnati. So we were like trying all these new places. We were just opening up this world of fitness in Cincinnati. Because before class pass, it was hard to jump around. You like belonged to one place. You yeah. know, you had then the opportunity. You could try this studio. You could try this yoga studio. You could do this boxing thing. So we were bopping and we were talking to people and I just texted her at lunch and I just said, I I had never had this thought before with her, never talked to her about this before. I was like, do you want to start a podcast together? And Andy being like the angel baby that she is, she's like, let's do it. So I'm like, and it just like kind of like poured out of, I had no thought before. I'm like, we could just go bull in the fitness space and like have them share their story. She's like, yeah, sounds great. And then we had months trying to think of a name. What the fit came from, I was in the shower when I thought of it, and I was like, I want this to be, I want this to truly be about, like, fitness, wellness, health, or getting to their optimal versions of themselves. It looks different for everyone. Like, that path is different. So it's like, what the fit? Like, what what does being fit mean to you? It can mean anything. I love your perspective so much because you're so real about it. Because for a lot of us, at least people like me, if I could spend all of my, if I didn't have this job getting in my way, (laughs) then I would spend so much time in the fitness world. It really is where like my first love child is. Whether that started with a healthy relationship or not, I feel like it's grown really healthy and beautiful and beneficial to me. But you're so real about it. And you have just such like a realistic view on like, on on fitness in general. It's not everybody's world. You don't have to be hardcore about it. And so many of these things, um, I watch fitness stuff and it makes me feel bad about myself. It right. makes me That's... feel guilt that I'm making on a daily basis when ultimately I'm not that unhealthy and I feel like I'm on the healthier no. side of life. But, Absolutely. But so many of these things, um, because I feel like there's so much, but I feel like there's, there's so much eating disorder and dysmorphia yes. going on in the health and fitness world, which I think is kind of natural, I, unfortunately. Like, yeah. that's not surprising. Yeah. But I feel like maybe, like, there's so much of that rhetoric that people are listening to who are just so not that, and it right. is amazing. Well, I think that, I mean, that's one, maybe the people that you're watching in that fitness world, like, that's one way that they're fit. Mm-hmm. Is it realistic or not? Who knows? That's another topic of discussion. Yeah. But that's not going to work for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So that's like the whole point of like sharing other people's stories. And what started, as Andy had mentioned, that we kind of, she helped me get it off the ground. Now, who is Andy? Andy was, um, she was a cycle bar instructor for a while. She's like, works at a couple of fitness studios. I guarantee you've seen her around town. She's like, she's a cool girly. But we did it together. So she was like my co-host for a while. And then about... I would say like nine months into it, very start of 2019, she came to me and she was like, Chrissy, this is, it's been yours, mm-hmm. you know? And, and good you, friend. she's great, yeah. self-aware. Like she was like, this is going to, this is going to take off and you're going to be the one that wants to put a lot of energy into it. And I don't want to hold you back. So then from like 2019, I kind of just, I took it on myself and have been doing it ever since episode a week. But what started really as this idea of, 
fitness and and like the studios, I always knew that I want to talk to people doing cool shit, whatever that is, like in the health world or not. And how does taking care of themselves allow them to like go do the thing that they're really dope at? Mm -hmm. So it's so much more now. Like I had Daisy Jane Flower. I've had restaurant owners, Rachel DeRocher's, Grateful Grams, you, like people that, you know, you know, it might look at them and be like, is this health a health and wellness person? But like it is because it is. health and wellness, you know, is in every different part of our life, and that's kind of you know the the beauty of it's different for everyone it brings them all together. Totally, and I feel like those people. I mean, I think what we have in common um, is that. Like, I just want to live, like, I want to be a great version of myself. I yeah. genuinely enjoy running. Like, I started jogging before school um, when I was in the fourth grade. And I was See, always, like, to me, I hate running. <laughs> I just love exercising. And I'm, like, I I've always been an athlete and I need to be an extremist. If I'm not the MVP yes. on the team <laughs> or the captain of the team, then, like, what is the point? And I was, I always made a point that I was that person yeah. on the team. Yeah. yeah. So I just, like, take it all seriously. So from, so from a young age, I was like, this is it. Yeah. And uh, no, I got that extremism. That's what gets us in. Whatever. Anyway, but it you does. just like it gets us into trouble when yeah. it comes to your health. It's not sustainable. Yeah, and we were talking about this last time. Is how come sometimes? It's also what I love about you is that you make health and fitness easy. Because sometimes, why is it what we need the most? What's best for us are the hardest decisions to make, like rest. Uh, you know, for instance, in in my world. So, yeah. like, what do you do to take care of yourself? Great question. Love that question. I ask that question to everyone I talk to because I'm so interested in this idea of self-care and not like the self-care that's commercialized and kind of thrown at us to in order for other people to make money of like you need a face mask, you need a bubble mask, you need an hour massage. But like truly, what are the things that you're doing so that you're showing up, like we said, the best version of yourself? Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes it's hard for people to know what those are themselves if they yeah. haven't tried it yet. So I'm like, more people we can get talking about the way they do it, maybe it resonates with someone well, else. Well, so how did your journey go? So I, well, in terms of self-care, I, the the very biggest one for me is walking. I am psychologically addicted to taking walks. I love, I love your Instagram walk stories. <laughs> if, if I miss a day of walking, like I feel it. Mm-hmm. internally I'm mm-hmm. like I just gotta move and I love just going out and walking around OTR it makes me feel connected I have like the energy of like our little tiny city which isn't you know compared to yeah, a, a big big city but it's still it's it's just the buzz of people and I love to get that I don't have to talk to anyone I would actually prefer not, not speak to me I don't need to know that I'm looking fly like I don't need to, and nothing just just don't speak <laughs> dude I'm the same way I mean I go in a park I go in my loop every morning Yes, I have a loop. I have and a... it's like, and it's mine, mine includes Washington Park, as does yours. But I think yeah, I go like hours yeah. before you do. So, yeah, I, I, I like a morning walk and I usually start around like eight. Oh, yeah. Before that. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I didn't offer you any. I'm yeah. sorry. Do you need anything? Are you no, good? No, I'm good. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other ways yeah. that I take care of myself uh, tidying, I like to keep a clean, tidy space. Yes. And sometimes. Self-care is doing, you know, the difficult discipline things. Yeah. So, like, when I'm really tired and I want to just leave my clothes strewn about, I'm like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to look at this and I'm and I'm not going to want to have to deal with it. So, even though I'm tired, like, put your flannel in its drawer. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. I also like to, after the space is tidy, uh-huh. 
go around and light every candle in my home. Oh, I love you. Right now, I got some pumpkin spice. <laughs> I got some autumn spirit. Like, what does that smell like? I don't know, but it's amazing. It's Sacagawea and Pocahontas candle. Yes. Pumpkin flannel yes. lit on fire with a cinnamon stick. <laughs> so I just walk around my house with the candles lit and look at it. Mm-hmm. That helps me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> listening to listening to podcasts like other podcasts I love to do that um hanging with my friends hanging with the girlies girlies time is yes huge so important for my self-care for you. yeah and that's like a drink somewhere that's a walk somewhere coming over sitting on my couch staring at each other whatever it is yes it's important to spend time with the girlies so when did all of this has been a part of your life yeah, I would say, I mean, when you talked about it starting from this unhealthy place, for me, it definitely started from an unhealthy place. It started yeah. from this place of like, I'm not good enough. I yeah. need to lose weight. And so it was probably around like freshman year of college. I was introduced to group fitness through like rec center. Mm -hmm. And I played sports my whole life. I was fine. I was mediocre. We talked about this in the podcast. When we came mm -hmm. like I did it to be social. Yeah, you know, I would literally have explosive diarrhea every day before track practice <laughs> because I hated running track so much. But I still did it because, like, okay, it was the thing to do. Because you're like the most gorgeous thing in the world. I'm like, can you just picture like pretty little Chrissy? Like, oh, no, <laughs> right. this is no, just so I didn't always look like this. <laughs> this is what. This is why I have a good personality because I wasn't I didn't look like this all the time. I didn't come into my looks until much later in life. So I had to get by on something. Like I actually had to develop a personality. Do you feel like you're peaking right now? Have you peaked yet? Are you I one haven't of those? peaked yet? Do you, I feel the same way I about myself. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, I, I don't even I still got that buck teeth, Natalie, shining hard right no, now. No, no. I mean every year when I think I have it just keeps getting better. So now I'm on just a straight up path. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So I got introduced to group fitness like around the start of college. All right, in Miami. Um, I actually went to John Carroll my freshman right. year and oh. transferred. Not very many people okay. know this. I like to keep it on the hush hush. Okay, John I Carroll's want in to Columbus. Be a right? true yeah. Red Hawk. John Carroll's in Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, and I identify as a Red Hawk, and like I am, <laughs> a Miami graduate. So let's just clearly state. Okay. Um. So yeah, I went John Carroll my freshman year, but and and it was a, a really kind of terrible experience for me. Uh. I had a terrible roommate. It, it was the transition. I'm not good at transitions. Like high school, I loved. I killed it. I was amazing. I had so many great friends. And then college, I, I don't know. It just kind of fell apart for me that first year. And I was really depressed. And I developed an eating disorder and was just working out all the time. Ooh, which one? I also have had many eating disorders in my life. Yeah, so um, I just would, just stopped eating. Yeah. Really. Um, or I mean, then... not really. as a joke, guys. It's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah, honestly, um, for real. Real talk joke. Yeah. Uh, it. Yeah, I, I, I stopped eating. If I, I would like track calories, and so then whatever I ate, I would have to go to the gym and mm -hmm. work off, you know, because the very accurate calorie counter on the elliptical machine that said 600 calories. Yeah. True. Right there with you. You know, that's actually Bible. that's a form of bulimia. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I dabbled in that for a while. One of my favorite um, little diets was called the rainbow diet. So you would start a day for one day, 100 calories. The next day, 200. The next day, 300, 400, five, up to 500, and then back down again to like 100. Whoa. It was fucked. I was in a very, very dark time, and that disordered eating pattern mm -hmm. 
continued probably through all through college, kind of like on and off. And once I went to Miami and I was happy, it was better. I was no longer like not eating, but I would definitely had a tumultuous relationship with food, exercise in my body for a really long time. Yeah. The thing that was really difficult is that I was overweight like all through high school. I stopped eating and then yeah. I lost weight and I was deeply rewarded by that with attention, with affirmation. You know, people didn't know on the flip side, like what yeah. I was going through, what I was doing. They saw like my body changing in quote unquote a positive way. And it was like, great, do it. And so then it was really difficult to move past that place of I'm going to be rewarded for being smaller. Oh, I can relate to that a lot. Um, did you, how did you find yourself getting out of it? Did you seek help? Did you, I, did you recognize what was going on or is it in oh, retrospect? Yeah, I definitely recognized what was going on. Um, but a, a part of me too, like the ego, I, I want, I wanted that. I wanted to be smaller. Yeah. I thought that the smaller I was, the more valuable. You know what? Isn't it great? I recently, same, and I feel feel like that's for whatever reasons, whatever was going on at home, personal, and also what's going on in society, blame whatever, you know, you, that's where you were in life. I recently was watching Rihanna's Fenty X, mm, mm-hmm. Savage Fenty X mm-hmm. um, runway show on Amazon Prime and started crying tears of joy mm-hmm. just thinking, what if I was a teenager watching this and this is what I was oh. consuming and and it made me so, so happy for the youth. There's so many things about yes. the, the millennials and this stuff that's going on that I don't like, but this I can 100% get behind. Well, when we were growing up or coming into that age, it was fucking Paris Hilton. God, yeah. Nicole Richie. Lindsay Lohan, where they were starving themselves too mm-hmm. and partying constantly and that rail thin... Oh, dude, totally. Was and your thongs was, hanging out? Or yeah, like Kate yeah. Moss was really, when I was younger, yes, I was obsessed with high fashion models and like Vogue magazine from the time I was like in the second grade. And and that's all like that Kate Moss stuff. And that's what it was. And I am just like a natural, like athletic build. I mean, yeah. I've been, I mean, honestly, when I started running before school and I was in the fourth grade, it's because I thought I was fat. Yeah. And it, when I was how, 10. 10. And yeah, I went on my first diet, I think, when I was seven. I remember looking at a pack of Oreos at the nutritional facts. I don't know what they mean, but yeah. being like, okay, if I have three, then that's 21 grams of fat. Like, is that okay? Dude, total. Do you think, it, do you think it's still an issue for you now? I would – I've gotten – I've come so far. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is is just getting older and yeah. learning yourself more and yourself – the way that you are and and realizing that there's so much more value value to you as a person than an exterior yeah I mean and like for me falling in love with a really amazing man that helped me in a way that wasn't like I didn't think that I was lovable before Mm -hmm. and not that I needed like this this validation but that it was just like that love showing up from him I could take inside of me and just be like, yeah, like this, this is, is life. This is enough. I'm enough. Yeah. And so I, I got better. It, it was always still there, but I think really the big, big turning point, probably like a year or so ago, when I started the messaging on social media about intuitive eating, and not that I even, I don't prescribe to intuitive eating to a sense. I mean, not that I have anything wrong with it. But just this idea that 
any time you were turning to food or turning to something's wrong with my body, it's a check engine light for what's going on with you really. It's not about your body. It's not about how you look. There's something else. Mm -hmm. So ever since that that really clicked for me, if I'm going down that path of like I need to change myself in my physical form or I think that I'm eating too much or I'm I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, that's not it. Yep. What is it really? What's going on? What are you yeah. anxious about? What do you, you need, yeah. you know, like what do you need to move through? Cuz it's not the food. No, it's never the food. It's not your body, it's not the food. No, not at all. So there's been a lot of freedom in Good that. Good for you, isn't yeah. it? Like the freedom. I um You know what's crazy though? Cuz he as you said just like a year and a half ago, that's awesome. Maybe yes, that has something it, to do it, with it. It absolutely did. I, I like early episodes of the podcast, if I were to listen back, there was a lot of this talk of like I feel guilty for missing a workout, this and that. That I can say, which is awesome to kind of have this diary, right? This, yeah. this this audio diary of I don't feel guilty about missing workouts anymore. Yeah. And 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 the other thing that's really helped me, and this is very recent, is that I have performance-based goals. I don't have goals about a size that I'm wearing mm-hmm. or a timeline, like you got a Cabo trip trip in January and you have to lose 10 pounds before then. Like it's nothing to do with an aesthetic a size. It's like my goal is by the end of the year, I'm going to pick up 300 pounds off the ground and I'm going to put it back down again. Yeah. And when it's working towards something that's like measurable, Mm -hmm. I hate, you know, if you go to a trainer and they're like, what's your goal? To look toned. What does that mean? I know. It's a moving target. It's not real. It's going to change in your mind. (laughs) So like to be like, my goal is I want to be able to do 10 pull-ups. I want to be able to lift X amount of weight or, you know, I want to just a timed run, whatever it is, whatever like you want to work for Mm -hmm. to take, it takes like almost the personal attachment out of, you know, you're going to show up, you're going to put in the work. And it's insane because you get strong. Like you can get stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I had, you know, you hear people say that. <laughs> like you think, but like when no, you're you actually can't. tracking something, you know, you're working with someone, they're monitoring you. They know what they're a professional in the space. Have you found anything that's better than achieving your goals as like I feel like as an adult, the older that I get, the more that I achieve goals that I set out to do. It is like life-changing tears of like, oh my God, especially physical goals. Oh yeah. And um, like in general, I feel like it keeps getting better. It's great. And I think in that same vein, when you learn something new that you didn't think that you could do, like quarantine, mm-hmm. I learned how to play poker. <gasps> you I go. always thought, I'm never going to be able to understand this game. I'm not going to Really? Learn. You're yeah. so smart. No. You're like, oh no, my God. No, this is a limiting, of limiting beliefs about the, things like this. Of like, so if I was going to say, this is all lumped into the same thing. If I don't know how to do it, I don't. my, my kind of initial thought, something that I'm always practicing and working, and mm-hmm. I think I realize this about myself, so I'm like, all right, if you think, the minute I'm like, I don't think I can do this, like, okay, it means I probably have to like try to go do it. Yeah, I did. But poker, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to be able to learn. No, Have you won any money now playing poker or won any things, whatever you bet or whatnot? We will play like little like tournament, 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 tournament. Oh, we'll have to play out. sometime. My growing up, my dad and my brothers played poker for hours every week, pennies. And I got really I would good love at to. It. I would love yeah. to. It's so much fun. So yes. like that was a that was a thing. Pickleball. I just recently yes, started right. playing pickleball. I love you. <laughs>
I love pickleball so much. You're the youngest pickleball player on any court in the tri-state area. Oh, I'm a Lunkin Playfield girly. <laughs> Not a Sawyer Point girl. No, there's like some pickleball turf wars going on Ooh, locally. Okay. I know mm-hmm. someone who plays up north, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was even a pickleball court there on are, Lunkin. Oh, um, I guess I, I did. I think about 12 different places to play pickleball in Cincinnati. Mm. I know this because I will soon be talking to like the mecca of all coming out. The founder of the Cincinnati Pickleball Club. Oh. He's going to come on the podcast. Whoa. I'm so excited. Whoa. But yeah, just like learning learning new things is so rewarding as an adult. Yeah. I don't know if you, you think you get, you as a kid, you learn new things all the time. Every day, you're always trying new things. And if something happens where we're like, well, I haven't done that before. So yeah. I guess I can't. Well, good for you because I feel like a lot of people when they grow old, er, um, they just get old. They stop. They stop learning, and they're not growing. Like that's yeah. nor you and I prescribed that life, but no. so many people do. I know, and but it is so rewarding to learn something new. Yes, and it, it can happen faster than you think. Like with weight training, if I'm doing a new exercise, like my coach will have me, you know, try something new, never done before. And the first couple reps, you're like wobbling everywhere. You can't mm-hmm. get a balance. You can't get an alignment, and it's difficult. You go back for the second set. And you nail it. Yes. Like, your body adapts. It knows what to Isn't do. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. I would say, like, over quarantine, I um didn't set any goals, but just started doing all these different workouts. And now I can do stuff. Now I go back to classes now that things are open. Go back to classes and do things that I couldn't do before. And I'm like, this is easy. Yeah. My body is like... Whoa, it's um, pretty insane. I would okay. So, what is throughout this podcast era? And hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, but I no, got my okay. phone out because I wanted to show you as we were talking more about um, disordered eating or whatnot. Yeah. There is this because I'll speak openly about this. It's definitely something that I still struggle with. Like right, like yeah. And I want to be clear in like, life every day that those thoughts still come up for me. Yeah, I don't think it's. I honestly, I don't know if that's something that ever just goes, goes away, away that leaves you. But I think that you have the tools and the practice yeah. to kind of retrain your brain and rewire those conversations that you're yeah, having with yourself. Definitely. And I think that um, I, I'm going to say personally, maybe I'm not struggling as much, but something that I'm aware of, you yeah. know, and I use this app. If anybody listening with this, it has really changed my world. It's called Recovery Record. Ooh. And, and for once, it's the first thing that just talks about, it doesn't give a shit about what you ate. It's just like what was going on in your life when you, when, when this oh. happened and how do you feel before, after, yeah. what did you do about it? You know, Bringing it's awareness just like, to eating. Kind yeah, of, yeah, it's so great in a way that um, after every single meal, because it's not, I mean, I don't have anyone I can talk to about my feelings going into everything that I'm eating. You know what sure, I mean? Right. But it's a But if it's a thing for you, then this, web, this um, app is the only one. I've tried many for different things, and it's the only one that I've ever really liked. And would, That's great. would recommend to anyone. It's I, a recovery record. Also... You know, have talked to so many women in the health, wellness, fitness industry, so many women outside of it just as friends. And I don't know one. I have not met one woman yet who has not struggled in some form with eating, disordered body image, all of that. Like Mm -hmm. it is so pervasive. Yeah. In our culture. Well, Well, and I also feel like if it's, I mean, no wonder why it's a thing for all of us. Or people in the industry wanting to say, haven't met anyone. Well, if it's if it's gonna be a thing for you all the time, then making it a part of your life and making it your um, 
your uh, job or whatnot, I feel like is kind of normal. You know, yeah. it's something that like you know a lot about. Yeah. And I feel like everyone kind of. Yeah. It just makes sense to me. You, you know, know, I, I just want to share as many stories as I can to help people know that they're not alone in it. Yeah. And, and that there is th- a, the other side to it. Like you Definitely. don't have to be stuck where you are. No. And, th- and But it also that it takes time and practice and internal work and, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff isn't always easy. Is, isn't but. it like great? You're like just like you're you're not alone. And I love now approaching at 35, approaching different situations and different things and looking back, as you said, at the journal and like, oh, my God, I remember when I was so there yeah. years ago. Right. And like and you're not living life like mm-hmm. like to me, I'm like, that was not life. Like yeah. I didn't let anybody near me. I feel like that's common also with people who like are in performance and entertainment. Like it was just always on an island. Didn't I know thousands of people and have so many friends, but how many people do like really know me? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. not very many, and that's all just changed recently. So speak for us to you about that. Throughout your podcast and this experience, Chrissy mm-hmm. Brody, what's like the main thing that sticks out for you of how it's changed your life? For better or for worse? <sighs> I would say um, just for the better, being able to make these connections with people that are doing incredible, amazing things in this city, like where we live. Yeah. That I've always felt like Cincinnati was a really special place. I'm not and, from Cincinnati. And yes, you're not from here. You're from no. up north. Where are you from? Yeah. I'm from Northeast Ohio. Canton. Yeah. I grew up there. Canton. Yeah. And. I always, I've always felt Cincinnati was a special place, but mm-hmm. then to really be able to meet, I mean, like my podcasts, they're an hour long, right? I spend an hour having a conversation with people mm-hmm. and just to be like, these people are out and amongst our city I doing know. cool things. I like think it's it just lights so, a fire inside yes, me. The- it inspires me to want to like make Cincinnati something amazing like it's already is something amazing but just get it on the map and like have other people realize the beauty of it you know what's so great is um podcasting like totally has started it's like this like cobweb of just so many things on so many it really opens up Cincinnati because you always think you know everyone right and then you realize no you don't no and I love how many people have been on yours that I know from like Way back in the day, yeah, or from because I'm from here, yeah, and from when I was in the seventh grade, and to like see them do, great yes, things, yeah. oh my gosh, it's wonderful. Like who's one of Alex Harbin, yeah, one of Iron them. Sharpens Iron, yeah. I, I yep. haven't, I mean, I haven't seen him in 25 years, probably, yeah, but yeah. like I know him from like back in the day. No, I, the connection with people is incredible. The new ideas and the ways that I can then think about what my health and wellness and my fitness means to me. Like mm-hmm. one of the guests. I ask the question, the one question I ask at the end of every episode with the guest is, what does being fit mean to you? Everyone has a different answer. You know, some are, are, are more similar than others, but this one guy said, in the simplest terms, being fit to him is being exceedingly kind to himself. And oh, that has stuck with me. I just got the chills. Yeah. That has stuck with me. That if you are operating from this place of being kind to yourself, yeah, that that's how you're going to guide your fitness path. What's being like? It just is incredible. Never, yeah. Have you ever heard of the um, of the monk Thich Nhat Han? I have not met okay. him. No. 
Um, I used to be like way into Buddhism and back in the day, super mindfulness and meditation, like when I was like 19, 20, I I still am. I still am. But I used to devote a lot more time to it. Anyway, he talks about how, um, how to talk to yourself and how to talk to each organ Mm, and how to talk to each, how to talk to each muscle. Like, um, at the time and I was like chain smoking, right. Be like, I'm sorry, little lungs. Like, think of your lungs oh, as, like, an lungs. element that have blood. It's like a living, it's like a plant inside your body, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I'm so hard, I, I'm so sad that I hurt you. Or, like, when you're, like, feeling bad about yourself, say to your legs, like, I'm so sorry I'm being mean to you. Oh, like, yeah. you're beautiful. I don't know why I'm being a dick and trying to, like, do make you do For things sure. that you don't want to do. These little leg logs take yeah. you so many places. Right? And you're like, thank you so much for working so hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm ass. And it, like, is, like, a way of... Being super kind and like, I'm so sorry that I'm doing this. To I you, love that. You know? And, and I mean, it's like, yeah, the way you talk to yourself is important. That yeah, is huge. Uh, so, huge practice. Are you a big daily on. affirmation? No. Can you go through, tell no. me about your day. Okay. Cause also, obviously, we could talk about 87 things all day. I want to know what a day in the life is like, Chrissy Grody, because there is something about you that I'm like, I just want to know more all the time. <laughs> just like what? So it's and like, like the way, weekday? just like the way that you do things. I'm like, there's so much mystery in this woman. <laughs> like I just want it. It's I working. Just want to know. It's it is. working. The thirst trap is working. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Every day, validate me. Um, okay, so like a weekday. Yeah, it, they're they're pretty similar. Yeah. Okay, can I interrupt again? What do you Please, do professionally other than what the fit? Yeah, so what the fit is a amazing creative outlet for mm-hmm. me that I love with all my heart and soul. However, I do have a corporate, I don't know any other way to say it. I was going to say regular job, but yeah. what does regular mean? So I work for uh, Concentrics, formerly Convergis. Many Cincinnati people will know Convergis. And I run, own, and manage the executive and leadership hiring team for North America. So my team is across North America. I used to have the Americas, North America and Latin America, but now focused just on North America. We're responsible for hiring all of our executive leadership corporate talent that works for Concentrics. Whoa. So we have 230,000 employees around the globe. It's a huge global company, second largest in the industry. And all of the hiring that we're doing is is for Concentrics. Like we're not hiring for different companies. Mm-hmm. We're hiring to come work at our company. So that was anywhere from, you know, the, a VP of marketing, an HR director, whatever that we need. That's kind of at that leadership. How do you get talent. into that? So I um, started working in HR, kind of like entry level, when I graduated from college because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I think I briefly touched on this on the episode that I recorded with you. I was set to go to grad school mm-hmm. for public yes. relations. I was enrolled at George Washington University. You had a lease signed, all that good stuff. Went to Colorado for the first time, saw the Rocky Mountains and said, whoa pause (laughs) what's going on with my life am I supposed to be doing this yeah and had a total like reframe of how I I saw my life cried in my grandma's basement for two days because I didn't even have a resume like my path in college was I'm gonna go to grad school I'm gonna go to grad school I didn't go to career fair nothing and that I knew was coming from a place of fear 
I was afraid to get a new job. I was afraid to leave something that comfortable to college. So just let's continue the path of school, not because I needed to do that because I was going to And you were going to go to grad school at Northwestern, right? George Washington. George Washington. Yeah, okay. yeah. And so, yeah, had that like, come to Jesus moment. And I was talking to a friend who was in a going to join uh, Ernst & Young for accounting. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you should be a recruiter. I just worked for, I just worked with a recruiter who, you know, got me this job at Ernst and Young. And I was like, what does a recruiter do? I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. He's like, just look for jobs in HR. This is like a peer, right? Like we just graduated. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you, you just got a job. So I'm going to listen to you. I don't know. <laughs> Looked for job. I didn't even know what HR was, but you know, it's human relations, right? Human resources. Human resources. <laughs> but at the time, I don't I either. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm good with people. I like to talk. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, so got that, so got a job in HR, was really full spectrum. So I got to see like the employee relations side, the benefit side, the recruiting side. Did that for a couple of years. It was kind of like consulting. So I'd work with small to mid-sized businesses that wanted to focus on being a landscaping business. They didn't want to do HR, so we I would come in and like I would be their one man HR department. Ah, okay. So it was like it was it was a great first job. Got a lot of experience, and then. Uh, from there, knew that recruiting, that part of it, was what I really enjoyed. Interviewing people, are well, you a good match, okay. that kind of thing. That's then, what you liked, because I mean, you love people. so Yeah, and that's what I like the most out of like the HR bucket that I was working it in. It seems like you're also, you love highlighting people's strengths and really playing into them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So then when I have to like present candidates to hiring managers, I'm like, oh yeah, this person did this. This is great. This is great. This is going to be what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So then my next job after I was there for two years, the first job, I was like, let me just look solely recruiting. Yeah. So got a job uh, doing campus recruiting. So traveled to like Vanderbilt, Miami, OU, University of Tennessee, and was recruiting college kids off the campus. Best job ever. <laughs> and how old were you? 24. Oh, okay. So I was like close to their age. Yeah. And it was great. You would do like classroom presentations, like why I should come work for this company, do like on-campus interviews. It was it was a blast. Yes. I was also a Miami tour guide, and that was like the awesome. best job ever. So like that played into that a little bit. So then from there, did that for a year, and then my boss from that job moved to Convergis at the time to start the recruiting department internally. They had outsourced recruiting up until mm, this point. Okay. She brought me over with her. So we built the team. So I've been there for seven years. Oh, wow. And started in, like, an individual contributor role, helped build the recruiting team, and then I've just kind of moved up ever since. I mean, because you're young. You're 33? 32. 32. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty badass position to have as a 32-year-old. Yeah. So it's yeah. pretty cool. It is. It is. It brings me a lot of joy and fulfillment leading the teams that I've led. Mm -hmm. To be honest, like recruiting, talent acquisition, HR, is that like what I'm super passionate about? No. Mm -hmm. But I am really passionate about leading teams and getting the best out of them. Wow. So that's what I do on a, you know. Whoever is on your team, they're lucky to have you. Okay, so that's what you do. That's what I do. And also the podcast. And also the podcast. And you put so much love and tender love into the podcast, which yeah. will get back. It is your baby. So yeah. run me through a day. Okay. So I wake up between like 7.30 and 8. Mm-hmm. Quarantine turned me into a sleeper inner. Oh, nice. Because I was like, well, why? Like nothing's going on. I, I was like, there were no early morning workouts to go to anymore. So yeah. I'm like, I'm snoozing. Yeah. 
So I wake up and I do my little morning routine. I listen to the New York Times, the daily podcast, mm-hmm. Marco, Michael Barbaro, every morning. I make coffee, I drink my water, wash my face, go out for a walk, morning walk, do my loop around. It's probably like 45 minutes. Come back and sit down and start working. And I'm and depending on the day of the week, I'll work for however long. I have training sessions at like noon on Mondays and Fridays with my trainer. Wednesdays are in the evening. It will depend on like my recording schedule. Typically, I record Monday nights. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of like prep a Monday for the podcast Monday night. They come to my studio. I record in my house. Um yeah, record, and then right now I'm watching a lot of Doctor Who, so... <laughs> I don't know what that is. You don't know Doctor Who? No. What is Doctor Who? I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, it's been on for, like, a trillion years. There's, like, a time-traveling doctor. He has a spaceship called the TARDIS, and he <laughs> travel between space and time, and he has a companion. <laughs> Uh, it's great. It's on HBO Max right now. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't have HBO. I love sci-fi. Are you serious? I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. This is something we got to get it. Hold on. Did you... Okay. This is something we, you're a huge sci-fi nerd? Yeah. I love it. Okay. Love it. I, I know literally zero about sci-fi. I do know that my good friend Pam Kravitz also loves sci-fi. Okay. And you two, two of my favorite people, so maybe I should get into it. But why the fuck do you like sci-fi? Um, I just like aliens and... Okay, cool. Do like, you believe in aliens? Terrestrials. <sighs> Speaking of Joe Rogan, here we go. Um, do I believe in aliens? I feel like, yeah. Yes, you know, so. I like, there's, there's, I don't think there's a reason to not. not the universe yeah. is pretty dang big. I mean... Uh, we can't possibly know it all. I mean, I don't, is there an end to it? Isn't it crazy? Okay, I can't think. I like... The, I know, right? Thinking about the universe and like thinking about COVID, like the sa- like same way, like my brain just, like does not compute, does <laughs> not compute. Like, I can't, I can't. I, don't, <laughs> you know, I like start I don't, to twitch out. Right? I, I, it definitely puts in perspective. I love to think about stuff like that. Puts in perspective when I'm going through a hard time and I'm like, oh my God, you are one little speck. This is just one freaking cookie. Eat yeah. it or don't. We're in this huge world together. Sure. Shut up. When I'm having a hard time, I those I don't like to think about the big universe because then it just seems like even more overwhelming to me. Really? Yeah. I kind of feel like the, the counter. I think it makes yeah. me feel like, oh more my connected. God, it's totally na- it's insignificant. totally manageable. Yeah. 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 No, I can see that. Mm-hmm. So tell yeah. me about like I love, so knowing you from... Like a distance or whatnot. Ooh, also, there's so many things I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, knowing you, knowing you from a distance, you um are a model too, which um, is super cool. Because I like as loose. Let's let's use that term very loosely. Okay. Look, I'm just saying, if you Have don't know, I been okay. compensated for my photos <laughs> yet? No. Okay, but it's like still the same as a kid growing up with an eating disorder only looking at models i only ever wanted to be a model so, like, and i hate that you recognize yes. that I was a model. and like so i'm like wow you've come a long way because i have been i just told you about it i love this because i just had a photo shoot yeah. and i was chrissy i was terrified about it as like still going through this in my 30s and like going through a lot of whatever um I, I put it off for a month because I was like, I needed to lose an extra five pounds before I do this. Sure, I was so scared. And I that was like even like I've gained 10 pounds since then. Like I feel like I was like even. You have but, not. I guarantee but, but, you. But whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Whatever. Um, 
But I, so I asked you about it before, a week before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what to do. And you were you like. You go, how do I lose 10 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm like feeling, because at least for me, it's like triggering again of like, what yes. can I do? How many meals can I skip? Like, right. I'm going to not eat forever. Right. And then I did this photo shoot and I looked whatever. Um, but they were, it was amazing. So much fun, wasn't I it? I loved it. Yes. Every freaking minute of it. Yes. Do I like all the photos? No. You but abs- I was so proud no of myself. You will like every photo. No, not at all. If you take. 200 photos if you have four good ones you are lucky right yeah yes you get one I'm photo telling you that's like i posted one photo i mean i like i ended up liking so many of them that i was like i posted one and was yeah. like there we go um it looked fantastic but, it was very you, spooky it was real thank you it was mm-hmm. very fun mm-hmm. um, but you gave me great advice and you were like drink a lot of water and like you just gotta do it like it's fine yes. and it was so i want to say thank you because Doing that, I was like, wow, this is where I was mentally going into it. I made myself do it, and this is how I feel afterwards. It was the first time in my life I saw photos that I actually liked, and it was, I mean, probably the biggest I've ever been, and I always thought that it was, like, the size or whatnot, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I've come so far. Absolutely. Oh, my God, you can keep, you can get there, people. Keep going. Yeah, and modeling for me is, it's a way for – for me to be performative. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I like it so much. This is also what I want to say to you. I feel like there are certain things that I'm like, listen up, okay? You need to be doing, you need to be doing way more performing than you are, for sure. Like, you, that it is in your, as from one to another, it is in you. You're good at it. Well, that's why And I you enjoy the it. Yeah. And I know. You did send me that link to the voiceover opportunities. I know. And I looked at them more than once I browsed and I had that feeling in my stomach like this is don't do this <laughs> don't even think it's about clicking fun. that button if you just liked if you like doing that stuff it's I do fun. It's I fun. do voiceover especially I am trying to get more into voiceover opportunities mm-hmm. shout out anyone looking for anything I've had so I've had 10 people message me separately they do not know each other asking if I was the voice for the Kroger commercial that comes on Spotify. Yes. So, Kroger, if you're listening, I'll do it cheaper than whoever, whoever <laughs> that girl is. Don't sell yourself short. I know, Kroger I mean, can afford yeah, a lot. No. Kroger can afford a lot. <laughs> I'll do it. No, don't worry. They'll pay you. Anyway, no, Kroger can afford a lot. It'll be fine. Um, Kroger's amazing. But also, I remember I told you when we were recording before, I know who records Oh, that's that. right. You did tell me that. I was wrong. It wasn't it's her. Not her. No, it's not her. Not on, not on that Particular one because she's done some in the past for Kroger. Uh-huh. And then I heard one. I was listening to a podcast or listening to YouTube. Yeah. My back was turned and I was like, is that Chrissy? Yes. And then I was like, oh my God. I have a doppelganger voice out there. This is what you're talking there. about. And I was like, that's definitely not the chick I was talking I, about. We have a, I have a doppelganger voice out there. You do, definitely so, do. She so yeah. is like, she is you. But, so. I, but I, am, I am trying to get more into some performative stuff because it is what truly like ignites my soul on fire. Yeah. I had the What the Fit live recording That's the other right. week. How was that as your first time? It was incredible. Yeah, I, was, I so wish I could have been I there. I texted you after and I was like, I am buzzing. Yeah, dude. And that's how I we've talked about this. When you are walking away, the time before, right, mm-hmm. is terrible. You feel awful. 
You're like, I do not want to do this thing that why, I voluntarily why signed did up I, for. Why did I put all of my time and effort and money into it? Why did I tell these people to come here? Right. This is all my fault. Right. Yeah. Like the 15 minutes before the worst. You're like, just get. Because the minute it starts, the minute you're on there, it's great. You're yeah. in it, right? And then after is just, you know, an elevator to Mount Everest. But I... No, I just, I felt good. It was amazing. It was incredible. People had great feedback. They want to do more. I don't know how we're going to make more live uh, events work with this weather because, like, it has to be outside, I think. And so I don't know, but I have some ideas for the spring. Oh, well, good for you. I like, I really, really wish I could have been there. And I can't wait to see you do some of them. But, like, you have, I feel like you have so many talents in that, in that realm. And it seems like you get to do that a lot with your actual, with your job that pays the bills. Yeah. My job that pays the bills. That, that, that gives me some. I love my job that pays the bills because it pays the bills and it allows me to freely pursue these other creative endeavors, Mm -hmm. you know, without, Without having that kind of starving artist mentality. Yeah, that, well, you, gotta, you gotta hustle. I know, but I also think that if something were to happen tomorrow, who knows what, right? I get laid off from my job. What what would my, the podcast, the voiceover, the like what would that look like when, they're, when I am out of my little comfy spot mm-hmm. and I'm really like back against the wall, girly, you gotta make this happen now. Right? So there's like both... Both sides. I don't know. Like, I'm comfortable. I think comfort can can breed a little bit of just complacency. Complacency a little bit. Yeah, but also it can also breed – I'm just going to play devil's advocate Please. for you here. It can also breed a really good life. It seems yes. like you have a really great life now. I do and have you, a wonderful you are life. Old, you, like, you're very happy. You're I like am. You I know, you're happy. filled with joy. So it's yeah. pretty great also yes, at the same it is. time. it is. It is. You know? I just think from my selfish – from my, from my selfish thing, I'm like, girl – I just see it in you. Okay, well, uh, you know? let's go. Anytime you want, anytime you want to go, um, let's just start performing. Yes, anytime you <laughs> like, cause like, well, when I started this, well, this podcast already started, you know, but like, I have had all these things I want to do, and it's just, I feel like I get to perform every day for my job. You though. do, that's great. So yeah. it's, um, you know, it's like I, I get that feeling, yeah, and it's. And it's wonderful. It's and, wonderful. And when you own that as like your life, I'm like, this is what I do. My, I'm so lucky. Oh my God. I know. Well, and I'm I'm really just stepping into this recently, and it's it's been a part of me forever. Like growing up, I was into theater and I loved drama ah. club and all this stuff until I found out that it wasn't cool, and so I stopped. Oh, I know. I'm a piece of shit. No, and I then mean... um. When I found out that artists and performers, unless you are, you know, A-list, have a hard time making a lot of money or having that's it, that's the life, consistent that's the, that's employment, the, that's how it goes. My need for security and safety like, yeah. overrode that passion to pursue that. Well, you're super smart. I mean, you're super lucky that you can do both avenues yeah. super well. So many artists legit can't. Yeah. Like yeah. they, it's not, it's not in them, you yeah. know? Yeah. And like, do you feel like if I call you an artist, does that make you feel uncomfortable? No, I would, I love that. Yeah, That's I, how I feel are. like I've yeah. identified for so long, but I haven't been able to truly express it because I took this very safe corporate route, which again, I'm not mad that I did that. Yeah. It got me to where I am. This is so great. But that now I'm like, okay, I, I, I have this safety that I didn't, have that came with a lot of like childhood trauma that led to this need to just like be safe be safe be safe Mm -hmm. and now that I've I have created that safe space for myself as an adult that I didn't have as a child 
now I'm like, okay, now I can be free to express. Because I think as if you if you're not in a safe place, that creativity is hard to access. Yes, you know, one hundred percent. And as once again, I can relate to you a whole lot <laughs> on that as well. And um, well, shoot, now you just threw me for a loop there because what you just said at the end. All right, I got two things. Number one, you said that the man um, who said his that that it, it changed you and he said being fit is being excessively yeah, exceedingly, exceedingly kind to yourself. Yeah. Someone said this to me and it really changed my life years ago. I was 30 years old and this man said to me, number one, you need to go to rehab. You're pretty fucked up. And I was like, okay. So okay. I did. It was dope. A certain, a diluted form of rehab. I okay. couldn't afford, because I live in America and I couldn't afford to go to real rehab. Oh, yeah. So out I went to- Malibu? Pardon? Like out in the- what did what did your what did that look like? What's like a rehab light? Uh, what do you mean? Like what what it what were you like secluded? Did you get to go home? Like uh, what yeah, was yeah. it? What so, did it look like? No, so this is what I did. So I um just googled cheap rehab and did okay. like re- did did a lot of research in America and realized that I couldn't afford for any of it. I had state government insurance in Colorado, and um so it was cheaper to go on a three week trip. To um to Southeast Asia, oh, and so I went to this yoga meditation um oh, yeah. place, and then I was in the addiction um like part of it, you yeah, know? okay, and it was super grassroots, yeah, home style, and it was super affordable, and it focused, it was like all yoga based, like so I did. Uh, yoga and Reiki and all of that stuff. Wow. a lot of time, like all day, like yep. three classes, and it was they fed you. Um, all 100% organic vegan food the whole time. There's no caffeine, no drugs, no alcohol, no, obviously, here in fucking rehab, right? right? And then I did, like, a cleanse of it, and I got a deep teaching massage <gasps> every day. Okay, sign me up It was rehab. amazing. And all that was cheaper than um, trips and, like, everything included. And I added a vacation onto it. I ended up traveling for, like, three months, and that wow. was the end of it. Um were you like drinking during your vacation? Yeah, I did. Up to I was like, yeah, up to the rehab. The night before, right, this is it. the night before, I like went on a pub crawl by myself. Had the fish eat my food. Uh-huh. Had the fish eat my feet because I was by myself this whole trip. Oh wow! And then I got fucked up, and then um and then, and then and then I went in and um anyway. But that man, he said that to me. But also in the same breath, he said, "The moment you accept yourself as an artist is the moment your life is gonna like really start." Ooh. And it really wow. changed my world. Up until that moment, I was struggling, just trying to find identity, obviously. Like, I was doing so many different things. Like, I've always done, had creative outlets, but to me, it was always just fun. Yeah. And I never took it seriously. And, like, comedy and performing, I was really good at it. And everyone kept making me do it or asking yes. me to do it for them. But I was like, no, no, no. I need to get a real job. I need to be a realtor. I need to be in finance. <laughs> and everyone was like, stop doing this to yourself. Yeah. And then, like, it's not in alignment. You're not in alignment. And it was, and it was amazing. And, like, that, the common, that happened, that was one conversation. And it, it changed our world forever. And yep. now here I am yep. or yep. whatnot, you know. No, so I'm no, gonna say this that. to you: the moment you accept yourself as an artist is the moment your life is really gonna take off. I mean, your life is already super freaking no, dope. No, so. that it makes sense, and it shows up that way for me when I started the podcast in 2018, yeah. and since then, has my life has has looked a lot different. And it happened truly to me for the perfect time because we released first episode. July 6, 2018, and then my younger brother passed away three weeks later in a motorcycle accident. How did you, you've told me about this before. Is it okay and, to talk about it for a second? Oh, yeah, we can talk about it. I love to talk about him. Really? Yeah. So yeah. he, um, cause I, I know that you said 
um, like going to weddings and family stuff is difficult yeah. because of him. And I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, one of my favorite memories that I have from him in our life was at my wedding. And yeah. my dad's not in the picture. So. And how many brothers do you have? I have two. Two. Yeah. I'm the oldest of four. And so my, at my wedding, since my dad's not there, the first, like the father daughter dance, mm-hmm. I danced half the dance with my brother, Richard who's still alive and, and with us, and then half the dance with my brother, Joe. Joe's the one that passed away. Gotcha. So there's just a lot of emotion and memory tied up tied up in, in weddings for me. Uh-huh. So those can be super triggering. But, uh, but yeah, the podcast really, it helped in so many ways, like during the early, early times of grief, because the one way that I dealt with trauma is like, let me just add more to my schedule. Mm-hmm. Let me just stay really busy and then I never have to think about it and I can't breathe and I can't do anything else mm-hmm. because all I can focus is on my full, very full calendar in front of me. Yes, and it gives you so much to complain about as mm-hmm. well. Right, I can complain about being busy and so that <laughs> takes me away from complaining about the fact that my brother died. Yeah. So it, it just, it helped me really not only feel in better alignment with my life outside of outside of my brother to coming into this artistic expression but then as well it just it it gave me like something really to like pour my heart and soul into yeah. during like a very very difficult time so did you ever miss an episode no god you're such a badass no and so has your like how has your life changed more so it seems like this podcast is kind of like your is your life. Do you have any friends that lasted before podcast to post podcast? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I have, I have I, my, which is funny because my real name, mm-hmm. full name, Christelle. Everyone in like podcast world, a lot of like Cincinnati, know me as Chrissy, and that's like pretty much what I go by now. But probably before like 2014, like that nickname didn't really come up until then. And so, like, all my older friends were like, we're not going to call you Chrissy. Like, you're Christelle. Even, if, like, no matter how famous you get with this podcast. Like, I'm like, I love really? that it's Christelle <laughs> and not Crystal. It's Christelle. Yeah, no, it's not Crystal. It's K-R-I-S-T-E-L. That's why Christelle. every time I read it, I'm like, oh, it's Christelle. It's like, that is so you, too. I know. Oh but my it is gosh. really, it's a lot easier to go by Chrissy because everyone who looks at it and reads it says Crystal. And now, with my last name as Grody, people will just be like, Crystal Grote? And you're like, that's the <laughs> ugliest name in the world. The woman at the DMV. That's like. the ugliest name in the world. So please. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's Chrissy. So um, do you think that. I have friends that have sticked around. So now, like, um, talking more about your brother, Joe. Yeah. Um, so he, so going through this podcast and, and, and everything like that, like, does he pop up? Do you, like, see him in your life a lot now? Yeah, I would. It comes and goes in waves, and Mm -hmm. he was an incredibly special, unique person. And I feel like when people lose people, they're like, he was so – like, Joe was really special. He lived in this small, crazy, like, niche world of diesel trucks. I don't know if you remember or ever heard of the show, the reality show, The Diesel Brothers. Mm-mm. I think it was on the Discovery Channel or something. So he was on a couple episodes of The Diesel Brothers, this reality TV show. And he does, like, transmission repair and, like, custom truck grill hydraulics. 
all the time you see those like huge ass trucks a lot in Florida. He lived in Florida and you're like, oh my God, that guy must have a small dick. Like those kind of trucks. Yeah, love you. Yep. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those Dated were like, one of them. Yeah. His dick was great though. But. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> those were like the trucks. So he had his own business. Mm-hmm. 26, like doing his own thing. 43,000 followers on Instagram. Just like living his best life. He, yeah. performer, right? Like just like knew how to connect with people. And I love how his um, Instagram account is still, oh, yeah. it's still up, right? Yeah, it's still up. I mean, no I've one's gone, like, I've gone into it and I didn't understand the connection really until I didn't get it. I oh, didn't, that he was my brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was definitely, we joke, like the most famous Rubio of our family. Mm-hmm. Like he was on his way up and up. And so I think of, the podcast or like when I'm performing or or just getting to connect with people because he was so good at connecting with people that like that's an extension of his life that I get to carry on Mm -hmm. and I forget I listened to something on this one podcast about how right and like who knows if this you cannot say this is true or not like there we have no proof but when someone passes away right like I've always thought about this too, especially since Joe died. Like, where does the energy go? He was so vibrant and full of life. Like, where does it go? It can't just disappear. Like, it didn't yeah. just poof, it's gone, you know? But that when someone passes away, like, little pieces that pieces of them, parts of them, whatever, energy specs kind of can attach to those that they're close to. And I always think about, like, the performative piece, the connection that he had with people, like all of those type that parts of him that I really admired and looked up like that is like got stuck to me so that it really helps like propel and move me forward and like keeps me focused. And it feels then I'm like I'm in alignment with not only what I want to do, what fulfills me, but also there's like a nod to him all the time. Yeah, good for you. That's yeah. amazing. You have a guardian angel on your side. Oh god, all I the time. Guardian and... devil, I think, is like more appropriate <laughs> That's for even him. Better. It's more appropriate for him. Yeah, like it. But it's hard to have. Like it's hard to even. I can't even put like an angel emoji around his name because like... it's so inauthentic and disingenuous. Like Joe was not an angel. There's no pretending. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like the, 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 the those type of people are my favorite. He sounds like a you dream man to him. me. You would love him. He sounds like a like you, my type. Yes, you would love him. Like, that's my type. Yeah, he sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds amazing. If there are any people like that in Cincinnati, holler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, girl. Well, I feel like we could keep going on and on and on. This is Always. the first segment of Christelle Grody, <laughs> formerly Rubio, on the Person of Interest podcast. Okay? And uh, we you have not actually answered yet. We started so many different things. Okay, well, give me um, a question. What does being fit mean to you? Oh, my gosh. I really have to go and borrow. It was, uh, I think Joey Taylor was the gentleman that said this, mm-hmm. that it's being exceedingly kind to yourself. But And and I'll add to it, it's taking care of myself. And like whatever that looks like in whatever season of my life that I'm in. Like yeah. right now, taking care of myself, being fit to me is I'm weight training. I have this goal to pick up 300 pounds. I have my nutrition supporting that goal. Is that season of life going to last me forever? No. I'll have a different answer to what is being fit means to me in, you know, a couple months, a year, two years. Who knows when that's going to be? Mm-hmm. But but that it's ever evolving and really that it means it's a commitment to myself. Yeah. And it's taking care of myself. Good for you. Chrissy Grady, thank you so much for thank being on so here. Thank you so much, Natalie. And I'll see you, so- oh, I'll see you soon. That sounds so lame. Oh, next time. <laughs>
But for real, Thank you. I feel like we every time I'm with you, I'm like, we need to talk way more. I know. We never have enough time. No, not at all. Girlie's potluck coming up. Not even close. I can't wait for that. How am I going to get a word in? I'm like, everything you say, I'm like, oh, let's go in that direction for an hour. Because actually, I do want to ask you, well, I'm still recording. I actually do want to ask you, so when your brother died, did you find it hard, not to make this whole thing about disordered eating, but did you no. find it like a hard trigger? Like, how did you 100%. deal? I went, I, I went fully back, which was, a, it was such a, grief teaches you so much about yourself. Not yeah. at all that I... Can't, I don't know if you, it's like hard to say like I'm grateful for this. Well, not to make it not to make this about myself at all, but both my parents are terminally ill and I deal with them a lot. And it is like be it is the hardest thing. Being with my mom is the hardest thing in the world. And it is so triggering yeah. that I mean, it makes you really like you, yeah, at least for me, though. Uh, I'm where I am right now is like I've got to I've got to spend more time taking care of myself because I can't be around her. It yeah. is so crippling. Yeah. And triggering. How about you? Yeah, okay, yeah. So. No, I, it it is such the best life teacher, I think, or one of the best, that you think that you build these little dams up. Things happen in your life, and you're like, I took care of that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I got over this thing. That's okay. Yeah. And grief is like the flooding of those dams. Like, it washes away all of the niceties and the security blankets that you had positioned around your mind to be like oh yeah I haven't really dealt with this or like this is coming back again so the eating the the eating thing for sure that was my main way in the in the very early couple couple of months where I was like I can control this I'm not going to eat I I mean I had the fucking disgusting obscene thought of like well this is the most terrible thing that happened to me but maybe I'll lose 10 pounds out of it Mm mm-hmm fucked yeah you know what that's that's super normal though it yeah it is it, fucked it, it is fucked but like your brain it's is a defense on grief. mechanism your of brain like... on grief also is just absolutely insane i have to share this one story really quick because it just oh, we stands out in the world. it stands out so much to me so my brother passed away in florida he was living living in florida uh-huh. all of us the family is uh up north in ohio or my other brother was in charlotte so we had to travel down to Florida to, you know, handle the body. And we had decided to cremate him. And my mom was just like, did not want to do that. But we were like, mom, it's, do you know how expensive it is to get a body from Florida to Ohio? And like, Joe doesesn't care. No one, we, we got to do this. Like, this is just the way that we have to do it. And it was hard for her to come to that term. And plus they were like, you don't want to see the body. Like, it's uh-huh. not going to be him. It was an, a gnarly accident. And we kind of compromised by, like, before the cremation, we can have, like, a sheet over him. And, like, us, me, my mom, my brother, my sister would have, like, a last, like, goodbye. Yeah. The worst. The worst day moment, like, of my life for sure. And we were just dreading it, right? It was it was going to be terrible. And so we did it. We got through. And, like, we got back in the car. And my mom's, like on the phone with one of his best friends. And she's like, all right, where did Joe like to drink on the beach? Like, what was his favorite spot? We're going to go drink on the beach. So we get to this place and we're like walking up up to the bar. And we just felt elated. We felt, I felt like I was on Molly. I f- my brain had just dumped dopamine. My brain was like, this is too much for you. This is too painful. Like, I'm going to fix, I'm going to help you out. It was crazy. It was like I was on a drug. 
Like that, it was such a traumatic thing. They were like, we don't want you to have to do this right now. And it just, it was a joy. It was crazy. Wow. Did anyone else in your family yeah, feel Yeah, everyone way? felt it. Maybe, everyone maybe felt that was it. Joe's it energy there. Yes, yes. Could have been. But I think likely it's like the brain's response. The brain, <clears throat> the body are just so intelligent. And no, like this yeah. is, we got to help you out here. Wow. Yeah. And so moving forward, did it... Um, Nothing like that happened, not, you know, happened again, like that kind of feeling, but. Well, did you have, like, I always say, like, my biggest fear in life is if, like, when my, when, when stuff happens that I'm not going to be prepared and that I will just become, like, the worst version of myself or the yeah. best. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have, and, and I don't know if, I know if. I definitely haven't found balance yet, and I know when I'm grieving, that's not going to be the time I'm no, going to do it. No, and like, I, I, I guess I'm scared of it. It's the anticipation yeah. that I'm like. I think the the it's gonna, it's just, some of the best messaging that I've read and what I've consumed around grief is that there's no right way to do it. There's no timeline. Grief lasts as long as love lasts. Like this idea of like getting over or getting through it you wouldn't get over or get, you know, get past the love you had for someone you lost. Like grief is now just the expression of that love and that you just have to give yourself great. Like there's not, there's not, you can't micromanage it. You're not gonna be able to control it. Like you're going to feel it when you can feel it. Cause sometimes you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to want to, and that's okay too. And that you just, I, I wasn't good at that. Like I wanted to control everything. I wanted to have a book of like, all right, week three since the passing, this is where you should be. Am I progressing the right way? Am I on the right? That's like, I just wanted like a yeah. manual so badly, like some sort of, some sort of control around it. And it doesn't exist. And it's terribly painful. And yeah, that good is for it. you. Yeah. Man, you speak so intelligently on so many things in life, Christelle. Thanks, Natalie. So happy to know you, girl. Thank and you so much um, for me. once again, this is the. I'm just gonna like enlist you to come back again. I'll come back whenever you want. So. And thank you so much for sharing so many deep personal things with us today. Of course, for real. Of course, I hope someone can find some value. Yes, and Hit how can up. we? And how can we find you? Yes, follow what me. What is your time? What is your you do, follow go. me on Instagram? At Chrissy Grody, K R I S S Y G R O T E, and follow the podcast at What the Fit Podcast. Hell yeah, What Listen the Fit to is the on podcast. What the Fit Podcast is an amazing podcast. I love listening to it, and also you can get it on Spotify. That's iTunes. Where I, that's where I do all my yeah, stuff. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes. iTunes, all the good stuff. Links in the bio to listen, yada, yada, yada. If you're like, I don't know where to start, I need a recommendation, I can give you like the What the Fit starter pack. Okay. Like, hey, do this episode, <laughs> then do this episode, then do this episode, and then you'll like be in it. Because it can be intimidating to start a new podcast, I think. So, like, I don't know the host, I don't know where to go. Oh, definitely. Especially when a lot of your a lot of episodes are like an there's, hour, hour and a half long. Yeah, so you're there's like, a lot. I don't have enough time for this. Right. I literally don't have enough time. Go on a What the Fit walk. The What the Fit listeners, they tag their What the Fit walks. Oh, put in What the Fit and dang. you go for a walk. And also call the hotline. Oh I my can't God, believe yes. I haven't called yet. Please call the hotline. I think about hotline. it every, every day. I'm, I put it in my to do's and like I never accomplish my entire to do list. Actually, that's not true, but most days. And that, I'm like, I can't believe I haven't called yet. I love yeah. Call the hotline. I respond to like the voicemails on air. <gasps> it's so much fun. It is so much fun. All right, I can't wait to call next time. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, Chrissy, thank you so much, girl. Yep. Oh, 